1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, moving onward in 1 Corinthians, and we're kind of continuing with this theme of man's wisdom versus the power of the cross. And this is a pretty well-known passage. And, uh, you know, it's it's a really interesting one Mm -hmm. because it puts us on this tightrope walk of, okay, well, what level of, you know, like we want our preachers to be good speakers and, you know, we want to teach the Bible well, et cetera. But, you know, Paul, he, he speaks of, he came in weakness and fear and trembling, you know, not speaking in plausible wisdom or plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and a power, right. very like vague and mysterious, but like awesome and cool sounding. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what are your thoughts on the passage? Man, um, I know this is like really goes against like so many things that we like our natural like sense of how things ought to be. Oh, I so I just keep thinking of that like upside down kingdom language, you know, yeah, like, man, yeah. this is so upside down. Like if you want to change something, you you yeah. know, knowledge is power. You get the most knowledge. Mm-hmm. You present your case and yeah, the most like, right? Yeah. Exactly. You get someone with big influence. Mm-hmm. You come in there with all the um, bells and whistles, your dog and pony show. I yep. mean, just everything that we do presenting this big showy, you know, showy rhetoric. I mean, you just think of like politics today and like the more money they spend and the bigger and crazier way of getting their message across. I mean, that is the way of the world. And yet this is just so convicting to think like, man, I do like get caught up in this, like thinking if this is what I want to do. So how is Paul, like, what is he saying? And it's like a, it's like an intellectual humility Mm -hmm. because Paul obviously, I mean, we have so much evidence of him being a great debater. Yeah. I mean, he was very well informed. Oh, yeah. Um, in, you know, myths and the the uh, literature of the day yeah. and the politics of the day and the cultures of the day. I mean, we have him, you know, at Mount Olympus and all the things like, yeah. you know, debating with people. But um, so obviously he's not saying check your intellect at the door, which we have seen in the American church, yep. a big pendulum swing, you know, where people are like, oh, we need to like yeah. get away from this yep. kind of thing. It's not it helpful. became much more like emotionalism, but that's not it either. Mm-mm. It's just this attitude of humility again, that everything is in service to the cross mm-hmm. of Christ and that he would be glorified. It just, I feel like it makes it, because it's not a natural bent of ours that we it would push you into prayer, which mm-hmm. would again open you up to the teaching of the spirit, the power of the spirit, like God's actual help in what you're gonna do. Like this is the doorway, admitting your weakness. Absolutely. Um it 
This section, you know, points my brain back to chapter one, verse 17. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Mm. And so, and then, you know, he kind of expounds on that here that he didn't come preaching, you know, these plausible words of wisdom, but demonstrated the spirit and power of God. And, you know, I, I think there's several ways in which we have the propensity based kind of off what tribe we mm-hmm. align ourselves with wrongly. We uh we tend to find different ways of like emptying the cross of its power, obviously not yeah. intending to do so. But you know, like I think one manner that comes to mind is there's kind of like the spectacle driven witness where it's like if we can just make it awesome (laughs) yeah and you know like like rival like what people can get in from a worldly perspective yeah exactly i mean you know and yeah um i i think that there are people who have like redemptive mindsets in doing stuff like that that i don't like agree with them but i don't think they're terrible people yeah but you have like churches who are literally you know hiring companies that work on broadway to like fly their worship leaders around their auditorium yeah because there's this idea that if we can create an insanely immersive, powerful experience, it will open up people to yeah. receive the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that is not what we <laughs> see here. here. Right. On the other side of the spectrum, you know, uh, there, and this is closer to the, the vein that we swim in, which is, you know, there, there's sort of the culture of like reformed bro, seminarian mm-hmm. worlds, again, not bad people, mm-hmm. people who love the Lord, yeah. people who I'm grateful for. But, you know, there there's a culture where it's like extremely just, you know, logic obsessed mm-hmm. and reason obsessed. So much so to where like, you know, we might be tempted to value like the Calvin's in- Institutes or, you know, some book yeah, more, more than we than actually care about like scripture gospel, or, or, yeah. or know, yeah. you know, these these arguments more than we know like the you know, narrative of scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in all these things, we're, we're putting like our intellect or, or how we understand other people to work over, yeah. we're making it like a necessary step in making disciples. Yeah. And we actually have here a very like reductionary ministry mindset, right? which is take out all the smoke and mirrors, take yeah. out all the big words, take out all your cool, fancy, you know, suits and ties or cool street yeah. clothes and demonstrate the spirit yeah. of God. Yeah. So, and like all, and make it your desire that everything you want to know is just Christ and Him crucified. And I think, again, you can see just the lack of humility and those, all the descriptions that you just like, how you kind of like summed up our, yeah, our evangelical culture right now. Um, and just the lack, like how much everyone feels like they're better than the other person and is very condescending to. Yes other um tribes like that right there just shows that again this is not um you know this isn't cross-shaped um ministry or um debate or just i don't know loving each other because if you the point it's just paul's so if you point back to the cross then you realize what did that say about me that i'm a desperate sinner in need of saving so there's nothing in me that deserves any glory or that I have some kind of, that there was anything in me that mm-hmm. allowed myself to be saved. I mean, again, it's, it's just so humbling 
And if we start from that place, then we can kind of handle these great, beautiful truths that God actually lets us come to understand more and more as we walk with him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just as we talk to people who don't agree with us on faith, um, it's easy to get pulled into games of, you know, what I would call like biblical (laughs) whack-a-mole where it's like, oh, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about dinosaurs? And what about, you know, Abraham sacrificing his son or being called, you you know, like there's all these different things that, you know, we tend to get sucked into Mm -hmm. and and we start playing the game and, and, you know, trying to tie up all the loose ends and blah, blah, blah. Again, so important to make sense of our faith and be have a reasonable faith so not distracting from that but i think what we see here is that when we come to the understanding that the cross of christ is true that the testimony of christ is true that Mm -hmm. he lived perfectly died sacrificially and now reigns in victory then then we can begin with biblical wisdom which we're going to talk about tomorrow right to work through these things and, and to process scripture and to speak and debate and, you know, do all these things and to, you know, think about leading worship and all these complex issues through the wisdom of the cross and not through this, you know, uh, very like marketplace minded faith. Exactly. And it's all, um, pointing people to Christ, which is the ultimate, um, you know, the main purpose, what the spirit is always doing. He's always pointing to the Christ. So again, the demonstration of the spirit and of power. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's in Christ. So everything that we, all knowledge that we have, all wisdom, all the things you described, if it's in service to Christ and him crucified, then the spirit does his work. Amen, amen. All right, well, we'll continue on in 1 Corinthians 2 tomorrow. For Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.